This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. What is happening, everybody? How we doing? How you doing? How you doing out there? How's your week? It's Friday. We are finished up with the week. Hope we're looking forward to a nice weekend coming up. And as always on Friday, we got some NFL picks for the weekend. Looking ahead to some NFL lines. And uh, I'll go ahead and give a little bonus pick out for tomorrow. Now, Now, keep in mind. We do our weekend quick picks on Saturday and Sunday. So there's no deep dive handicap. There's really not much of a handicap at all. I get in. I give you guys my best bets uh, for the upcoming day or the the day of if it's in the morning. It usually either comes out, uh, like if it's Saturday's quick picks, it either comes out usually Friday night or early Saturday morning. And same thing on Sunday. So... I'll uh, add one college football game to the list of today. A little bonus for you, but uh, I've got four NFL games, and then I'll, uh, like I said, wrap it up with a college. Uh, Game number one, we're taking all home teams this week in the NFL. I've got four picks in the NFL. Game numero uno, we are going uh, New York Giants plus the three and a half. I don't get this line. This is a weird week of lines, and honestly... I think the New York Giants are a better football team than Philadelphia. When I check this line, it's like, wait a minute, is this being played in Philly or in New York? And it's being played in New York. I was confused there. But I think the Giants are a better team. This line implies that Philadelphia is about three points better than the New York Giants. That's crazy. I know they have some guys coming back from injury, but that doesn't make up this gap in the uh, in, in what I perceive to be the value. Carson Wentz leads the NFL with 16 turnovers, and he's been sacked an NFL high 32 times. Now, I talked a few weeks ago about how, look, Carson Wentz isn't as bad as a lot of people think he is, and I I believe that's true, but there's a difference between how bad people think he is and where he actually is, right? Just because I'm saying he's not as bad as people think he is doesn't suddenly mean he's Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. Like, again, League high, 16 uh, turnovers, and then sacked league high 32 times. That's not good. When you're facing a New York Giants defense, who's turned the ball over the second most times in the league this year? This is not a bad defense. So uh, and the, the New York Giants are also still fighting for that division. Like, like, don't kid yourselves. That division is still up for grabs. The Giants know they can win it. This is probably the game of the year in the NFC East. So uh, for all those reasons, we'll take the Giants plus the three and a half points. I think they could win this thing, but I love plus three and a half. All right, moving on to game number two. Uh, We're going to go in the Cleveland Browns minus three against Houston. Uh, This is, again, the week of questionable lines. I think that Cleveland has a chance to get some real margin this week against uh, the Texans for a couple of reasons. We don't really know where the Texans are at. Like They may be looking forward to next week's draft. They may be be planning for the next season already. I, I also think on top of that, Houston isn't really as good as they appear to be. Remember that early in the season, there were the two teams teams who weren't what their records said they were. There was there was the uh, Chicago Bears where everyone said, "Ah, they're so much worse than their record." And then there were the Houston Texans and everyone said, "Ah, they're so much better than their record." I don't know if that's really the case. Like, I think Houston may be a very below average football team especially after they made that coaching change. And now they have Romeo Cornell running things who's never done anything as a head coach in the NFL. Cleveland also is coming off a bye. They're going to fix their running issues, which has really plagued them the last couple weeks. I think that Cleveland has struggled because Bradley Chubb has been out. Is it Bradley Chubb or Nick Chubb? I always mix that up. Let's see. 
Bradley Chubb. You know he is. Yeah, <laughs> it's Nick Chubb. Uh, I'm in Denver. Forgive me. I'm in uh, Denver. Bradley Chubb's everywhere around these around these parts. Uh, Nick Chubb is who I meant to say. Nick Chubb is coming back. He's been banged up for a couple weeks, and he's really going to help that Cleveland uh, running game. As a matter of fact, Cleveland also gets back uh, Teller, one of their better offensive linemen. So they're rested. They're healthy. They're coming back. They're going to have their running game back. And I just think that they pull away from Houston. Again, Houston's defense not going to be able to stop that run. And Baker Mayfield will be able to run the play action, find some stuff downfield. And I think he's going to have a decent game as well. Um, David Johnson is also maybe out. I'm going to maybe have to check that closer to game day. But he's very questionable. He hasn't been practicing this week. He got a concussion last week. Of course, he's the running back for the Houston Texans. So um, add all that up. I do like Cleveland minus three. Now, keep in mind, I'm recording this podcast. Let's get an exact time for you. I'm recording it at 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, What would that be? 10, 11, 12, 1 p.m. Eastern. So 10 Pacific, 1 Eastern on Friday. And I just heard some news that came out like a few minutes before I did this podcast. Uh, Cleveland closed their facilities today because someone tested positive for COVID. Now, it doesn't seem like it's a big-time player. They're not putting anything out there right now. Um so that's something to be aware of. You know, if you want to bet Cleveland this game, understand that they're dealing with some COVID issues today. And I mean, it's not as expected to affect the game. The reason why I think it may be a practice player or a practice squad player, I should say, or a backup, something like that is, you know, everything's still on for the game. It doesn't appear that any major contact tracing is going to be an issue. It doesn't appear that any major players are going to be out. And so the game's still a go. Shouldn't be that much of a, a big deal. But keep in mind, you know, if you're going to bet this game and if you like Cleveland, do five minutes more homework on the COVID issue. But uh, besides that, I do like the Browns minus three at home against Houston. Game number three, Miami, minus one against the L.A. Chargers, or as I've been calling them, the L.A. Chokers. Uh, This game's actually all about fading the Chargers here and fading Anthony Lynn. This team has blown more leads in the last two years than any other team in the NFL. They have had a lead in every game the last five games. (laughs) Go back five weeks in the NFL. The Chargers have held a lead in all five games. They have not not kept the lead in one of those games. They are 0-5 their last five games. They keep coming from ahead to shoot themselves in the foot. So I'm not going to take the LA Chargers. And this is a close spread. It's only a one-point spread at a Miami team who has arguably... Well, not arguably. They have a top five defense in the NFL. It's arguable if it's the best defense in the NFL. I think Pittsburgh may have something to say about that. I think the LA Rams may have something to say about that. But this Miami defense should not be overlooked. I mean, I think they still are, but they're a very, very good defense, if not a great defense. And remember a few weeks ago when I got on here and said, Tua Tonga Viola is never going to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, that may have been a bit of an overreaction. And I think that the point that I've, I've been hearing a lot this week was that that first game where Miami got all those defensive touchdowns, to his first game, I should say, where Miami got all those defensive touchdowns and got that early lead. Look, they didn't need Tua to do much. The fact that he ended with 93 passing yards is much more a product of what was happening during the game 
rather than the team wanting to hold him back. Because we saw last week, Miami was throwing all over the field with Tua, asking him to do a whole bunch of different things. Now, while he didn't look 100% comfortable in the pocket, I think that it's still an overreaction to say he's not going to be a good NFL quarterback. So if we get a good defensive showing from Miami... Tua plays average based on what we've seen the first two games. I know it's small sample size, but combine those two together and average out the, the, the you know, whatever the mean of those two games would be. I think we have a really good spot here with, with the Dolphins. Plus, you look at the whole West Coast to East Coast playing in Miami. Teams do not do well in the NFC and AFC West flying to play at the Miami Dolphins. You go back the last 10 years, 41% against the spread. That's very, very bad for teams West to East in this situation. Uh, Miami also, uh, there's a clear difference when Miami's team, Miami's defense, I should say, faces a mobile quarterback or a pocket passer. They do very well against pocket passers when they don't have to worry about that extra element. And I mean, Justin Herbert, a little bit athletic. He can run a little bit, but he's not a running quarterback. He's a pocket passer. So for all those reasons, we're going to go Miami minus one at home against the LA Chargers. Let's go fish. And uh, game number four, and it's funny because I don't have the deepest handicap on this game. There's more one of them gut feel games. Uh, so if you know, take whatever you will with that. But uh, we're going Oakland minus four at home against the Denver Broncos. And I had the same feeling that I did when I looked at the Giants game. I'm like, wait, where is this being played? Because if this were in Denver, the Raiders minus four would make a whole lot of sense. The fact that it's being played in Las Vegas, I'm sorry if I said Oakland, uh, the fact that it's being played in Las Vegas is implying that the Raiders are only about two and a half to three points better than Denver. <laughs> what? That's crazy. I mean, the, the Raiders are one of the better teams in the AFC. Look at their wins this year. They've beaten some very good teams. And the Broncos, I mean, they should be... What, two and six? Yeah, two and six. I mean, they played eight games so far. They got that, the, the, the win against the uh, LA Chargers, they had like a 0.5% chance to win that thing. Now, they won it, you know, but I don't give the Broncos nearly as much credit as I do blame the Chargers because the Broncos caught the Chargers in the midst of this whole five-game pandemic that they're going through. I probably shouldn't use the word pandemic right now, but the five-game nonsense that the LA Chargers are going through. The Broncos just got caught up in that and got a bad team who they fell behind big. I mean, the Broncos are not very good. Their two wins came by six points over the Patriots, who are one of the biggest disappointments this year. And then they beat the Jets when the Jets got four turnovers <laughs> to the Broncos zero. Like, the, the, the Jets did everything they could to beat the Broncos that game, and that just shows how bad the Jets were that game. The Broncos won that 37-28. So the, the Broncos don't have one good win on their on their record. Meanwhile, you look at the Raiders, and yeah, they're 5-3, and three, but you look at their wins. I mean, that tough win against the Browns a couple weeks ago and that swirling wind on the road, you have to give them a lot of credit for that. They've beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten uh, the, the, the Saints. I mean... Come on, guys. The, 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 if you don't think the Raiders are underrated at this point, I, I'd strongly disagree. And on the other end, the Broncos, if anything, because of those close recent games, and especially a faulty final last week. What was the score last week? It was, uh, let's pull it up here. I know it was a close game, maybe a touchdown or so. Uh, when they were on the road at Atlanta, uh, 
that game was not close. The Falcons were up 21 points, I think, with five minutes to go, and the Broncos got some garbage time touchdowns. The Drew Locke special. When the game's over, he finally put some stats on the board. So I think that this Broncos team is bad. I think that uh, John Gruden is going to completely outcoach Vic Fangio. Keep in mind, I'm in Denver. I'm close to the Broncos. I understand what's going on with this team, and I do not like where they're at right now. So Oakland minus four is our last pick of the NFL slate. And then uh, my bonus... Uh, college. So once again in the NFL, Giants plus three and a half, Browns minus three, Dolphins minus one, and the Raiders minus four. Uh, over to college, my one pick for tomorrow, and I will give this on Saturday's quick picks, but in case you guys want to get it in now, we're going to go the Colorado Buffaloes plus seven and a half on the road at Stanford. This line is completely disrespectful. The Colorado Buffaloes had one of the more surprising week ones in uh, the Pac-12. And right now, this offense looks very, very good. Sam Neuer, who actually is a a fifth-year senior for Colorado, uh, moved from safety last year. Now, you may say, safety at quarterback? That's terrible. That's not that bad, actually. He's been a quarterback his whole career. Moved to safety for one year. The guy's got a very good arm. He's accurate. He knows where to go with the football. He's smart. He makes good senior decisions. And when they want to run the ball, he's physical. He doesn't mind running at all. And on the other side of the football, uh, Stanford, well, let's talk about Colorado's defense first. Colorado's defense brings back a lot of talent from last year. Do not look at Colorado's first game against UCLA and say, "Eh, they gave up 42 points, not a very good defense. They were going in the prevent. They gave up some huge plays, a couple bad pass interference calls in the second half. They they dominated that game against UCLA last week. Now they go on the road to get a Stanford team whose quarterback didn't practice this week, even though he's expected to play. Uh, this is not the same Stanford team that we're used to seeing. They Matter of fact, they are the number one passing team to their tight ends the last three years with David Shaw at the at the helm. They had one attempt to the tight end last week. This is just a different team. They can't do what they usually like to do. And uh, defensively, I think that this is a slow team. I think it's is a, a more one of the more uh, unathletic teams in the Pac-12. And I don't want to make it seem like it's a high school team. It's a bad team. But their best cornerback opted out because of COVID. You know, they, they got burned. They just got lit up last week by, by Oregon. And while Colorado is not Oregon, I think their offense is very similar. They've got some fast guys on the outside. They can exploit Stanford. And the fact that this line is seven and a half points, give me a break. We're taking the buffs. Colorado Buffaloes plus seven and a half on the road at Stanford. So, all right, that does it for Friday's show. Whatever you guys have going on tonight, good luck. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.